sermon podcast of Dan Roschke, pastor of Bethlehem Lutheran Church in Fairfax, Virginia. For more information about Bethlehem, visit our website at blclife.org. But now, here's Pastor Dan and his sermon for today. Friends in Christ, grace to you and peace from God, who never leaves us, who raises us up and sends us to serve, like Peter's mother-in-law. Amen. And it's still only chapter one. (laughs) This could be a rally cry for us all, couldn't it? I mean, it's still only chapter one. I mean, I mean that about the Gospel of Mark here, where this passage is for today, but it's still only chapter one. Could be a rally cry for us all, no matter your age, no matter your abilities, no matter your past, your illnesses, your shortcomings, your fading. It's only chapter one. And Christ raises you up to the diakonia, that is the Greek word for service, this day. It's only chapter one. Peter's mother in law is fading. That is a loaded word for today also. And a word that I imagine everybody can relate to. Do you ever feel like you're fading? I mean, it's certainly a word that we use at the time of death. We can see her fading, we might say. But we humans can fade in all sorts of ways and at all different times in life. Our hymn of the day today was written by Mary Louise Bringle, As Memory Fades, and we'll sing it in just a moment. She was grieving the tragic effects that Alzheimer's disease was having on her dear friend's mother uh, at the end of her life, how memory fades. But fading can happen all through our lives, the sense of fading into irrelevance. Or just not being seen at all breaks my heart. Young people say, I feel like no one cares if I'm here or not. When I was in college, faded was a word we used to, um, a word that we used for, for someone who's drunk or tipsy. He was faded last night. But in all seriousness, uh, what is that but a kind of checking out, kind of drifting away, a kind of lying down, how we can all get faded at times, maybe and maybe not through various forms of self-medication and numbing, but checking out, drifting away, lying down, how we can all look more like Peter's mother-in-law than maybe would like to think. And it's only chapter one. (laughs) Friends in Christ, when Peter's mother-in-law, when you and me start to fade, Jesus responds and responds immediately. And his response, as we see in this text, is twofold. First, love. Love is first. In this case, the gospel writer indicates that love through Jesus taking her by the hand. In other places in the gospels, it says Jesus has compassion on them. The intimacy, 
the appropriate touch, the getting close. You literally have to get close in order to take someone by the hand. I probably shared before uh, my mentor and, and friend when I was doing clinical pastoral education in the hospital in Chicago that one summer during seminary, and my mentor and supervisor was Father Jim Creighton, and he talked a lot during that time about the importance of getting close in appropriate ways. But our physical proximity, it's a huge difference if you stand at the door and pray with someone in the hospital room, you hardly even enter the room, and versus coming over to the bedside, pulling up a chair, sitting down, taking them by the hand, looking them in the eyes, getting close. When we are fading, Jesus gets close. Christ shows up, comes and meets us right where we are in a wave of depression or the fog of grief. Christ gets close during a lonely car ride or in the locker bay at school where kids poke and tease. Christ gets close in the wee hours of the morning or a season of rock bottom. Even at our deathbed, Jesus takes us by the hand, and it's only chapter 1. Remember, I like to call the Gospel of Mark the book of exorcisms. This isn't just about fatigue or depression or the many changes that can happen as we age. This is demons oppressing and Christ showing up to cast them out. In the taking of our hand, Jesus exercises the demons. Last week, I said, Christ is the exorcist. Jesus' response to our fading is twofold. Christ gets close, takes us by, by the hand, loves us first, and then and then lifts us up. Christ loves us and lifts us into the diakonia. That is the Greek word for into serving. Now, there is a gap after an exorcism. After an illness has been cured or in recovery from addiction, what are you going to do now that you're not drinking anymore. There's a space. As good as it gets. Two weeks in a row here, I'm talking about movies. As good as it gets with Jack Nicholson and Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt plays uh, the mother of a child with severe health issues. This is kind of a, a part of the plot. Her whole identity is wrapped up in, how, in her caring for her son. He's got such issues, this cute little boy, he's got so many issues that it's her whole identity. It absolutely consumes her, and she is thrown for a loop when her friend, played by Jack Nicholson, graciously pays for the kind of medical care that her son actually needs, and she was never able to afford it. And suddenly she, she's freed in this powerful scene where she doesn't know what to do with herself because her son's actually being taken care of. And she, can, she can relax a little bit and she is absolutely thrown for this loop. What are you going to do 
with the new life you have been given. When Jesus exercises the demons, whatever that means for you, wherever you need exorcising, I'm not saying exercising like jogging or something, exorcising, wherever you need demons to escape, Jesus to cast them out, Jesus raises us, Jesus lifts us to serve. And it actually says in the text, to serve them. She begins to serve them in that gap after the fever has left her, in that space, in that gap, she begins to serve them, to serve this world and all the thems in it. This is not about her hopping up and suddenly making, you know, Jesus and his friends uh, some sandwiches or something. This is much richer. And Simon's mother-in-law is seen as the, the founder of the diaconal uh, movement and calling. We have deacons, diaconal ministers in our church body. Jesus raises us all, lifts us all in order to serve them, all the thems in this world, taking us first by the hand, loving us, and therefore freeing us from our ailments, from our sin, freeing us from the demons, freeing us from the illnesses and anxieties and addictions and all the forms of fading, freeing us from death. Christ lifts us up too. And in this gap, in this space, in this new life, in this resurrection life, you have this opportunity, like Peter's mother-in-law, to diaconia, to serve them. And it's only chapter one, and it's still early, and it's still not even the end of chapter one. Starting next week, Transfiguration Sunday, we enter into this whole year of caring for creation. And I want to suggest, especially in these days that the them includes all creatures, all biomes and species, including our own. We serve them. We till the soil and keep it, making it habitable and safe for all. Diaconia. Diaconia is a loaded word. Um, it, dia means from all sides or thoroughly or through. Uh, Konia, to set oneself in motion. To set oneself in motion thoroughly. <laughs> in other words, to serve. Oh, but look what happens next in this text. Even serving, friends, can become its own form of oppression. Even serving, <laughs> to set oneself in motion from all sides <laughs> thoroughly, can become a burden, dare I say that serving, even serving, can become demonic. If it leads to bitterness and resentment and jealousy and anger, look at all the things I do. Wish others would pick up a broom sometimes. See what's happening there. Others might get secretly arrogant too pious and puffed up. I'm so much better than all those lazy Christians <laughs> who never come to church, never give anything. See, the demons are tricky. Peter's mother-in-law has a fever, remember. 
even holy service can grind us down. So look what happens next. Look what happens next. A safeguard in verse 35 of chapter 1. In the morning, it says, while it was still very dark, Jesus gets up and goes out to a deserted place, and there he prays. Look at what happens next. Look at what Christ models, friends. Lest we go the route of the martyr complex, or the woe is me, suffering servant, or the secretly superior, all fevered, ground down, holier than thou, friends, Jesus shows us immediately in chapter 1 that we too need to get away to pray and rest for a minute, maybe even for longer periods. Jesus does both. Sometimes he gets interrupted, and sometimes he gets a lot more than just a minute. Sometimes he gets like 40 days straight in the wilderness, right? All in chapter 1, by the way. Jesus is praying all the time, getting away, taking a rest, and a pattern is being established here. On one hand, love and serve, love and serve, love and serve, but on the other, rest and pray. Love and serve, rest and pray. Love and serve, rest and pray. If you could see me, I'm twisting back and forth. On one hand, love and serve. On the other hand, rest and pray. All our days, this is the pattern that Christ sets up, and it's only chapter 1, Christ sets up, we love and we serve, and we rest and we pray. How is this balance going for you? Some of us are pretty heavy on the resting and praying. No. <laughs> Not here in the DMV, right? In the D.C. area, many of us are swamped, frankly, and out of balance with love and serve. I mean, we don't want to brag about it, but a lot of us do a lot of good things, right? So much so that the demons can rush in. We can get puffed up about that or bitter about that. Friends, there are holes in the tattered apron. Prayer and rest patches those holes and keeps the demons at bay. This is our God finding us, loving us, taking us by the hand and lifting us up from fading, healing us, casting out the fever, calling us into lives of costly service and showing us and showing us how to slow down, how to sabbath, how to Pillow church. Here we have pillows in the pew. How to pillow church. All of it in balance, back and forth. Love and serve, rest and pray. Working hard for justice in the world, offering peace, living in hope, serving them, like the text says, and stepping away also into the blessed darkness 
of the morning or the winter, resting and praying while God mends the holes, enters into this world to be among us. Through that, we are called to enter into God's joy with this world. Back and forth, you see. Back and forth. Rinsing in the waters of baptism, the baptismal waters of faith, rinsing and repeating. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ, and thanks be to God who loves us and never leaves us. Amen. On behalf of all of us at Bethlehem Lutheran Church, thank you for listening. Check us out again soon. And to learn more about our national church body, the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, visit elca.org. Goodbye for now, and remember, God's outpouring of grace and peace never runs dry. Here's to a new day. The, ev the ev Evangelical... That was terrible. To learn more about our National Church Body... Start over, start over. <laughs> okay. Is that hard? No, not really. Pretty easy? Yeah. You're good at it. Woo!